Blog Talk Radio. Welcome once again to Madam Perry Salon. I am Madam Perry, your hostess, your groove mistress, spiritual advisor, and I'm just happy to be here with you. Hey, this is this this show gets more and more fun, and it's well, of course, that's because of all of you wonderful people who listen, who subscribe, who share, who tell your friends about it. Um, you make it possible for the show to keep going. As well as our sponsors, but if you weren't there, they wouldn't be there. And so because of that, we continue to get all these cool guests we've been having, and we got more cool guests to come. You know, we've never had a bad guest on here, but so much fun. By the way, um, if you were listening, um, you know, back in November, Joe Milliken was on to talk about his book, uh, Let's Go!, the story of, of Benjamin Orr, the cars, and we had a raffle give away the book. Uh, the raffle was done by, because, you know, it can't be me or Joe. The raffle was done by my friend Frank DeVille Greenfield. Um, he's, well, lately he's been touring with the Gap Band, but he's also uh, performed or worked with musicians on The Voice and so forth. Anyway, he grew the winner, and the winner was Rachel Ann Cox in Utah, so she's going to get the book on Benjamin Carr, but it's still a great book. You ought to go get it. It's called Let's Go. And, um, yeah, we've had some other prizes, too. Plus, um, remember Franny Goldie? Uh, she wrote songs like Night Shift and uh, Stick With You for Pussycat Dolls, Dreaming for Selena Gomez, and she has a clothing line now, fabulous clothing line. Adam Glasser of of uh, Oprah Magazine, Always brings a, brings her clothes when he goes to the View or posts them on in uh, uh, O Magazine, O the Oprah Magazine. And this is not a paid ad. This is because he thinks they're great. And so if you go to her website, FrannyGoldie.com, that's F-R-A-N-N-E-G-O-L-D-E, and order the uh, the magic pants, what Adam Glass calls the magic pants, or anything else you want. What you can do is just go there, and when you get ready to check out, enter MPS, the initials from Madame Perry Salon, and Franny Goldie will give you a nice discount. So thank you, Franny. And, yes, people were asking me, well, what's the discount? It's just MPS. So, yeah. Um, you know, lately we've had a lot, because I've got Wild Wild West Con, my favorite steampunk convention. Well, the only one I've ever been to. But this year is going to be my third year there leading a panel on podcasting. And I'm also going to be doing a live broadcast with James Spring, who has a podcast called Creative Play. Um, but his is a little different. His is like a live action, uh, Dungeons and Dragons or tabletop gaming, and you know what Madame Perry's salon is. We're all about entertainment, information, just having a good time. So we're going to combine our shows on the Friday night 
from Wild Wild West Con, which is a steampunk convention that takes place in Old Town Tucson. It used to be a, a set for movie and TV shows, so it's kind of Wild West and steampunk. And um, uh, this year's theme is Magic and Mystery, but I'll be there. And a lot of the featured guests have been on the show lately, and some are coming up. Um, we had Doc Stone who makes all kind of magnificent weapons and clothing and corsets and leather. Um, I said he looked like steampunk Blake Shelton in his in his gear. Uh, also had Paige Gardner, costume art. My gosh, this woman makes the most magnificent costumes, and she's going to be there. Um, we've got also oh, Liana Renee Heber, who writes all kind of paranormal and steampunk and gas, what they call gaslight uh, romance stories. She's going to be there. She was on here recently. And next week, we've got the – he's like the big daddy of steampunk. He was a judge on the steampunk competition show. He makes a lot of props and costumes for television shows and film. Mr. Thomas Williford, he'll be here on the second. I'm so excited to be his second time in here. So we got so many fun people coming, as always. And, of course, tonight is no exception. I have got – um, I've got messages coming in to me today about tonight's guest, and I'm just thrilled to have him here. I consider him an old friend, although I haven't seen him in a long time, not since he was on a TV show I had. So um, he's a guitarist. Actually, he's original guitarist and founding member of legendary funk rock group Mother's Finest. Uh, he's been a part of that group for, am I allowed to say, 40 years, and uh, known worldwide, great for that, as well as being a songwriter, musician, performer, actually since he was 14. Now, he's got a band of his own that he's touring with, too, uh, called The Real Cool Band. It's called Moses Moe and The Real Cool Band, and we're going to have some songs uh, from that, too. He's got a magnificent vocal range, which some people don't always know from the guitar player when there's somebody else out front. But we got a lot going on, and I am so delighted to have Moses Mo right here in the Genie Bottle at his Madame Perry Salon. Moses, welcome. Oh, thank you so much. It's good to see and hear from you again, Jennifer. I am so delighted to have you here. I've been trying to get you for, I don't know, maybe a year or two, but I know your schedule is busy. You travel around the U.S., you travel around the world. So happy to have you, especially with. Uh, uh, your Real Cool Band. And by the way, love the new songs with Real Cool Band every afternoon. And sometimes I post these on Facebook. I did it today. Um, I think I post this on Twitter. Every afternoon in my office, we have a dance break. And I posted that as today's dance break song. Um, the one, uh, Love Ain't Going Nowhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. That. Yeah, I love that. We have a video too. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. I posted the video actually. Oh, cool. Uh, from your yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah. And it's a good song. Oh, it's a great song, and a good video to it. And so it's like, so give us, you know, before we get into all the stuff you're doing now, uh, give us a little bit of background. You started when you were 14 years old. I mean. What did you start playing, and when? Who were your influences, or was it just because you you needed something to do, or was it just a way to uh, get over shyness and get around women? That's a story I hear a lot from musicians, just to get over shyness, or just what was it? 
I know when you're 14 years old, you know, it's, you just want to see what's out there, and, and, uh, and music is just one of the many possibilities. And I checked it out, and it just I loved everything about it. My uh, father played bass in a country and western band. And uh, so I was I was always seeing pictures of him dressing in a flashy shirt, you know, played stand-up bass. And uh, then he got me a guitar when I was 14, and I just sat alone in my room with the radio on for probably two years. <laughs> and just listened and and played everything that I could, and uh, it was just uh, the, the possibilities were endless, you know. It could really be a cool life. That was what I was attracted to. And... Uh, I just never really quit. I mean, I'd really like it. I, it's a great way to spend your days on earth, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I always seem to find that um um you can have such a bad day and and I know when uh when I had a jazz band and we played a lot, no matter what else happened in your day, whether you've got a gig or whether you're going out to see live music, there's just something about it live. Just the, I don't know if it's just the reverberation gets into your body and your soul and everything, but uh, of, the, of the instruments or the, sometimes the, the, just the joy of the musicians. Sometimes if they're having a good time, you have a good time. And it can yeah, I think just that's, that's, really they, turn your attitude around. Right. They call it the heel in music. I mean, that's what music is. And from the playing aspect, uh, when you play music, you're one-pointed. You know, everything else you have to block out. And the, the most important thing is what you're playing. And when, when you do that, you also block out all the bad things that you might be thinking about or dwelling on, you know. And, and you let nothing but music come through. Uh, it, it changes your day around, you know. It's, it's such a beautiful yeah. thing. So what did you first start playing, bass like your dad, or what did you start playing? No, I played guitar. I mean, uh, I always had an acoustic guitar, and he played he played guitar uh, around the house, but bass in the band. And um, I was just sort of really influenced by him. When I was really young, I remember walking into my grandparents' uh, living room, and uh, he had the band set up, and they had microphones and, you know, wires and, and, and a set of drums and a little amplifier, you know, and that's where they'd practice. And I was so impressed, you know, I remember, because I was just a little guy, you know, walking in there and seeing all that stuff. It was just amazing. It left a big impression. But what a great way to grow up. You know, I've always thought that kids grow up, like, if I go out to a festival or something to see families want to go around with kids and there's a lot of music going on or people who are raised, I always feel like kids that grow up around live music, have got a treasure or so blessed because if they don't, they think that the only thing is good is on the radio or TV. But if not, you know, but if they were raised around the real thing, they just know the absolute joy and that they can do it. Yeah, I think even if, you know, if if you tried to ignore music as hard as you could, you would still be influenced. I mean, just walking down the street and hearing somebody in somebody's car when they drive past or anything. I mean, you you hear music all the time and you don't even realize it. You know, every time you pick up the phone and have to wait for somebody, there's a song on uh, every commercial. You know, they, they use the strength of really strong music to sell their products, you know, because it comes in and holds you while you're delivering your message. You know, it's a... It's a strange thing what music does, <laughs> and it's beautiful, you know. It's it's it's, uh, yeah. it's like like an oasis in a, in a world, you know, with a lot of conflict. 
uh, it's just a great place to dwell, you know. Yeah, somebody put somebody put something on Facebook recently. And says when you get into a really bad mood, what do you do to help yourself? I go just crank up some music and dance. Just start dancing. Um, what what were your big? Cause a lot of musicians I know get asked, and I think they get tired. But then they, if I don't ask, then they come back at me later. And go, you didn't ask who my influences were. So who who did you like? Who did you first go see in concert live that you really wanted to see, and who were your influences? Well, I mean, my influences were just what I was listening to when I was in high school, I think, was my big influence time. I think uh, when you go to high school, you collect records, and, and you're really attentive to the music that's out there, and you want the newest album, and, and, and you want to listen to what your friends are listening to because you want to relate. And uh, so, I mean, uh, Jimi Hendrix and, and The Who and Led Zeppelin and, uh, you mm-hmm. know, all of those people were out there in the forefront because I heard them all the time. And I had their records in my car and, and uh, you know, it was just a, a part of life. I knew everything note for note, you know, just and before I was even trying to play anything like that. It was just that's what you did in high school. And you put it mm-hmm. on the car. We had an 8-track player in my car. <laughs> and, uh, and you would just... Run, run around and listen to the music, and you know you had something to share with people. That's what I miss in radio today, because uh, the, they've tailored it so that person can have exactly what they want, and, uh, and and that's great. You know, you can go pick any station that you want. If you like Led Zeppelin, you can find an all Led Zeppelin station. You know, and they tailor it to the person to give you exactly what you want. But I think in retrospect, radio was a time you, you shared with everybody, where you, if you were at work, you know, and the guy said, I'll be the one that tells this quitting time. <laughs> and, you know, you shared that with your friends. And when you finished your day, you talk about how many times they played Whitesnake too much or, you know, whatever it was, you had a topic, you know, and it's harder these days to get that, even though you can get, you know, more uh, attuned to just what you like. Um, I, I miss that... Uh, that in the air, that you know, a real DJ. That's why I really appreciate what you're doing to have somebody that actually talks and 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 has a personality. And you know, it's a you know, it's it's a great thing that and it's and it's a lost art almost. You know, you got to we got to bring that back because I think a lot of people miss that and they're finding a way to incorporate uh, everything we do on the internet these days with what we loved about the things in the past. It's almost like. Uh, I record a lot, and in the recording software, it's a digital recording. That's the only way really to go these days. Uh, But when everybody changed from tape machines, they had a fast-forward and a rewind and a stop button. Well, they put those on the new digital machines, too, although there's no tape in it. But the people realized, you know, they they recognized what they were used to, and they incorporated the good parts of that so they could relate. And, uh, you know, now you have digital software with a fast-forward and a rewind, and there's no tape in it, you know, but the buttons are still there. (laughs) (laughs) Strange. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but then it's like you know, you know, when I was talking about the the, the steampunk thing, and you know what steampunk is, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, the old stuff. I don't want. I wonder where that name came from. Do you know? I think it's it's one of those things where where it became as a as a as a um, as an insult 
like like the Methodist faith. Everybody made fun of them for being Methodist because they were, um, because they were going. A lot of it has to do with the steam power days, you know, Jules Verne and all that stuff. Uh, kind of a sci-fi thing from the 19th mm-hmm. century, and they talk about steam power. And people, from what I've read, people kept making jokes. Oh yeah, steampunks over there, and it, that's how it stuck. Was as an as wow. a insult or a slur, <laughs> and it stuck with that. <laughs> and now there's diesel punk or whatever, <laughs> all kind of different ones. Yeah, but yeah, I they, all the good they, rock, um, the good, all the good rock and roll names have that kind of background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's something grungy about it. People take it to heart, you know, and they like to be this no more no, another form of rebellion. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why not? I was like, okay, yeah, okay, I'll take it. That's fine. We'll keep going. We'll we'll keep having fun. Um. <laughs> so yeah, you're right. Uh, these things matter. And, and thank you, thank you for what you said. A compliment. I appreciate because that's what I love doing this. And I love the fact that I have, uh, whenever somebody thinks about or asks about my media kit or advertising, what is your demographic and what is your focus? I go, look, I have everyone on from different kinds of musicians, you know, whether they were the 80s hair band or, uh, you know, like like Lita Ford's been here, James Kotak, different people, or authors or um, I'm sure a lot of your friends like Rudy Sarzo and people like that. But also, you know, I have scientists, NASA JPL specialists and stuff like that. And everybody that comes on, like like Harvey J.K., historian, uh, written several books on Thomas Paine. And he'll say, what? You got you got Kevin Sultan coming here, you, but just you put me on the show? And I go, yeah, it's a pretty <laughs> wide world. This is what's so fun about it. Yeah. And uh, That's great. <laughs> so I, I just happening. love your outlook. Yeah, well, Madam Perry well, Salon know, is, is is doing it right. That's what's great. Well, well, thank you. Well, you know what my my the old people say is that the old things I know you know about these the old salons of the past where there would be a patroness of the art and she'd have the musicians and writers and everybody thought leaders over to her home and just share their work. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't have one place. I'm not a wealthy patroness, but I can do it in cyberspace. Now, I told you, one of the first uh, guests left and told people on Facebook, oh, I've been there. It looks like the inside of Genie's bottle. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so when Casper uh, uh, so came on, uh, he had the salt and he goes, hey, I like the Moroccan vibe. you know. But, yes, it's my cyber world of, of just whatever interests my listeners and me. And that's why I'm glad you're here. Well, tell me about how you got with – let's fast forward to Mother's Finest. Well, um, And how you got with them. Uh, yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a long, intricate story. I'll try <laughs> to cut it short. I mean, I, I was 17. I just got out of high school, and uh, I was playing in a band in Dayton, Ohio. And uh, one of the clubs we were playing at, we played the dance set, and then they had a show set, which was like they put the microphones on the dance floor, and everybody sat down and watched. And uh, Joyce and Glenn, our two singers, um, were singing kind of straight stuff, you know, uh, dressed in a nightgown and a suit, almost like, you know, Donnie and Marie or something. And uh, <laughs> it was making them money, and they'd just gotten back from Taiwan, Taipei. And uh, uh, they'd stayed over there at an Air Force base for like two or three months and played, and 
you know, it was great, but they were just sick of doing it, you know, because it was so straight. And then they just wanted to, you know, get stoned and have a good time and, and rock out, you know, uh, in, in really simple terms. And, uh, and that's what they did. They played there one week like that, and we played the dance sets in my little band, the Raspberry Blues. And uh, they came and played the show sets. And when their, their uh, week was over, uh, we got together on the weekend and put a band together, and then they hired us for the dance sets. Uh, uh, with them to sing and things, so we came out, played the dance sets, and just tore the place up. They had people standing up on the tables, you know, and uh, and we just k- killed the headliner, whoever that was. <laughs> but I mean, that was the start of it too. I think we played. We must. We played. Uh, I want to take you higher for like a half an hour. <laughs> oh, oh! It was great. It was you so did, much. Did it was so much fun. But we did that. We got together. We played there and then kind of went to Miami and Fort Lauderdale. We knew some people down there and uh, drove down there and and stayed at a friend's house for a couple weeks and and, uh, collected up some other members, you know, of the band at that time and uh, started going out and finding jobs. You know, we went out to see what there was and what clubs are around and wherever who had a stage and a PA system. We'd go play it. And, um, and it just hasn't changed. That was 1970, so this is our 50th year this year. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. I kept thinking, he's not that old. He's got to be. He's got to be fibbing here somewhere. And then I see that you start, you know, well, let's face it, you were practically the child bride of the group when they brought you in, right? So. Oh, yeah. I was really, I was three years old, I think. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. No. Um, that's what, that's what I call a prodigy. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me. This is you know this is a good time before we go from uh, Mother's Finest to Moses Moe and the Real Cool Band. I need to stop and say, if you're listening live tonight, bitches, which is February the twenty fourth, eight twenty one p.m. Eastern or GMT minus five, and you want to call, you got a question, you got a comment, you're a fan. Of Moses Mo, the number is six four six seven one six nine nine two two. That's six four six seven one six nine nine two two. Blog Talk Radio assures me it is a toll free call in the continental U.S. And for some people, um, I, I know you know about this. I certainly do. Both is that uh, sometimes you're, you're at a job, you can't make a call, or people have to be or someplace where they got to be quiet. That's when people send me a phone, uh, a question or a comment via Messenger on Facebook, either to Jennifer Modette Perry or to Madam Perry Salon, and I'll pass that along to you. But right now, I have someone on the line, and hi, welcome to Madam Perry Salon with Moses Mo. Hello, Madam Perry. This is your resident caller from Vermont. <laughs> this is Vermont. Joe Milliken. <laughs> Oh my gosh, we were talking about I talked about you in the beginning of the show. Oh, I Hi, missed Joe, the very Joe. beginning. Uh, uh, what did you oh, say? <laughs> I hope it wasn't something bad. I hope that guy never calls again. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what I said, Moses? Was it something like that? Was it? I don't think it was. It couldn't have been that. <laughs> That's good. Okay. No, no, and I was making sure people knew that, you know, uh, the winner book let's go about the uh, Benjamin or the cars uh, to Rachel Cox in Utah so yeah that's what 
Moses Mo, it's nice to talk to you. Yeah, how you doing, man? I'm doing okay. This is Joe in Vermont, and um, I have called a few times to the show now. Um, I was originally a guest on Madam Perry's show to talk about my book. Uh, yeah, then, she was telling me about that. Yeah, um, so then I called again a couple weeks later, and when she had Jeff Carlisi as a guest, um, mm-hmm. from 38 Special, who was also um, living in from the Atlanta area. Mm-hmm. And then I called in um, a couple of weeks ago when she had an author on, um, Brad Schreiber. So that was cool to talk to him. Um, but this is what – okay, I'm going to be honest. Um, I I don't want to blow smoke. I don't want to claim to be a longtime fan of Mother's Finest, but – I've heard your music. Um, I, I've heard good things about the band. I've Googled some things and checked Mother's Finest out over the years. Um, but uh, my interest was peaked and renewed when I saw that um, Madam Perry was going to have you on the air. So I did a little bit of research. I watched some videos to try to catch myself up on um, your music. Um, and i got to say, I... I'm a little ashamed because I watched some of the videos and I just cannot believe how funky and cool this music is. And I'm sort of mad at myself for not enjoying your music for many years, but I'm I'm trying to get caught up on it now. And I did a little research, I watched some videos, and I do have a couple of questions for you, um, if I oh, may. Oh, yeah. No, of course. Go ahead, man. The The first one is... I in doing my research, I found I am um, a, a bootleg collector. Um, although a lot of stuff that was originally out on bootleg um, years ago has now been officially released. So bootleg stuff is sort of, which is a good thing because artists deserve to um, get compensated for um, the music they do. Um, I never sold any of my bootleg stuff. I was purely a collector. And I collected a lot of, um, and this is going back to VHS um, before DVDs were around, um, the Rock Palast series. Um, I collected a lot of shows over the years um, from that German TV show. And I saw that um, you guys appeared on that show in 1978, and I read that it, it, it somehow, like, um, exploded you guys onto the scene in Europe, if you will. Um, I, I guess that I guess appearing on that show sort of exposed you to that audience at the time. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on that, what you might remember about that, and if that is indeed true, if being um, appearing on that Rock Palace show maybe sort of opened new doors for your band, if you will. Oh, yes, it did. Uh, I mean, it was one of the first gigs we played. I think we just got off the plane, and uh, everybody was tired and wanted to go to the hotel and say, no, you got to do this gig first. And uh-huh. uh, we, walk, we walked into where they had the Rock Palace. They, uh, it was um, um, looked look like the Omni, you know, probably uh-huh. eight or 10,000 uh-huh. 10, people. And it was crammed full, and, uh, and it, it just so happened that they were uh, broadcasting to over six million people when at the time that we played. Whoa. So 
Almost yeah. everybody there, everybody saw the band at the same time, you know. We were so tired and wired from driving and, I mean, riding in the plane and trying to get to the gig that, uh, no, we just, we didn't know what to think, man. We just said, let's get it over with. We walked out, opened our eyes, and there was like eight or 9,000 people, and, you know, you know, and they just Ooh. loved it from the first note. So, yeah, man, it was. Everybody saw us at the same time in all the little countries around Germany. It was in Germany, but it was broadcast every place. And, um, oh, it was it was great. And people remember that show to this day still. But right after that, all the gigs got better and because people knew about it and they liked the songs and stuff. And uh, it was it was just, you know, unbelievable. It was magical, you know. Wow, thank God you guys decided Ooh. to do that, huh? <laughs> it was a it was a great move, political move. You know, somebody had a good brain back then that was working. <laughs> That's amazing. It's an amazing um, show. Some of the bands and performances I've seen on that TV series over the years has been incredible. So yeah, I can see where that definitely launched you guys. Um, in, in Europe, that that's a very cool thing. Well, I, that's one thing I wanted to ask you about. So thanks for answering that. Um, I have one more question before I let you guys go. And mm-hmm. while I was researching, I saw that you guys actually opened up a show for my sentimental favorite band, Aerosmith. And I'm thinking to myself, here's this, you know, amazing funky band that you know, along the likes of you know, Sly Stone and Funkadelic and those types of things, opening up for such a American straight-ahead hard rock band like Aerosmith. Although Aerosmith, people might not realize that they love all kinds of music. They, you know, James Brown is one of their favorite artists, and they love funk music and all that kind of stuff. It just doesn't necessarily come out in their music. So here I am thinking, Mother's Finest opening up for Aerosmith? Um, so I just wanted to, I, I'm, I'm assuming that was around 78 or so. I just wanted to ask you um, what you might remember. I don't know if you actually toured with them and did multiple shows, but I just wanted to ask you what you might remember about touring with Aerosmith, or maybe you have a cool little story, or what comes to mind um, when I ask you about um, opening a show for Aerosmith? Well, Aerosmith, at the time that that was happening, we had the same management company. It was Lieber and Krebs out of New York. And, ah. Uh, so, and they also had uh, Ted Nugent. Um, mm-hmm. They had um, ACDC uh, and Def Leppard all at the same time. And um, it was just amazing what he was doing, what the what the management company was doing, because Aerosmith was, uh, was right along there really – trouble kind of years i mean they were they were getting really stoned and uh you know sometimes not putting on a good show you know and it was oh yeah uh, you know everybody was still but it was still something to watch that you go see i hear aerosmith's all screwed up man let's go see and see what they do you know what's going to happen they were people were still interested they just wanted to see what was going on the current events and uh, mm-hmm. our management company, uh, what they did, they they did for Ted Nugent. They broke Ted Nugent because of that. They, Aerosmith was still selling lots of tickets to the concerts, and they put uh, Ted Nugent onto those shows. And Ted Nugent just walked away with it because I mean he was hot as he could be, had a hot record out right then, you know. And he and all of a sudden he had you know ten thousand people a night that were getting to know him. And, right. Uh, it it mm-hmm. made his career. 
You know, it, it was great. I've been Aerosmith. We played with Aerosmith too. It was like they're such great people, man. Such great players, and we just idolized them. I mean, much like Slicestone, we watched Woodstock probably you know ten times. <laughs> right. Just to see Slicestone and see him. He was burning it up so good that uh, you know we were we were infatuated. And Aerosmith was another one of those kind of bands. They were they were playing the the stuff that we wanted to do. Man, it was just they had that attitude and. Uh, they had balls, and, and, and it was just so hip, you know, to everything about what they did. We just loved. And, uh, you know, found ourselves on the stage with them, so we just did the best we could. And we were in Atlanta here, too. We found them at a place where, you know, every place they play, they sell out, and they've had records for years and years and all that kind of stuff. But when we played Atlanta, everybody knew us, and, uh, you know, it was like playing in front of old friends. And uh, I think we played the Omni. And uh, oh, it, it was just such a such a great show. So was it just a one-off <laughs> kind of thing? You just opened up for them when they were in Atlanta? No, we just we opened up. We played a lot of different gigs with them, but mostly we played twice, I think, in Atlanta and a couple of these big shows like that. And then uh, here and there, you know, throughout the country. Um, but we you know, we were getting ready to do a big tour with them, and something happened. Something fell out. One of the guys in the office at the management company left. And when he left, he took AC, Peter Minch, he took uh, ACDC with him and Def Leppard, I think, and uh, and moved over to Europe and, and just started doing that whole thing. Uh, he managed them. So he was with, he did all of ACDC's when they were really hot and Def Leppard when they had all their big hits and stuff too. But originally he was from the Lieber and Krebs office. And, um, you know, you know it, the, go ahead. Because I, speaking of uh, uh, Aerosmith, um, friend of yours, and I'm saying this because I got a comment. Uh, I've got some comments from here saying, <laughs> "Wow, good show! Wow, love them!" And then somebody just said, "Heart." Um, and then a message saying in caps, "How fun! Love fan, love Moses." And it's somebody you probably know, Delia Ray, who uh, was a DJ in Atlanta. She's worked out in LA now. Has been for a while doing music for. Um, uh, Disney. Oh, cool. And but she was, I think, '96 rock DJ for a long time after um, that. But also, yeah, big caps. How fun! But also uh, another Atlanta person that you know, Joey Huffman. Oh yeah, I know Joey. The keyboard player. Okay, you know, well Joey's been playing, you know, for years with uh, Hank Jr. Mm-hmm. And he was on one night, and he was talking about Aerosmith. I said, well, I saw the, I saw the thing where it was, I think, a tri- some show, tribute to Hank. And, of course, it was Joey in the band playing behind everybody doing Hank's songs. And uh, Steve and Tyler did All My Rowdy Friends are coming over tonight. And I said, well, did he already know the song or what? And Joe laughing. He goes, you know, the funniest part of that was, like, he kind of knew it, but he didn't really know it, but he didn't understand the words. Like the part about, we got a pig in the ground. Right? So he yeah, asked the boys. That's, that's, uh, yeah. that's too <laughs> southern for those northern boys. <laughs> yeah. So he said he asked. So he said, uh, so, Steve, so, so Tyler asked him, okay, are these the words? Yeah, man. Well, what is that? You know? And so then they tried. So we tried to tell him, but he thought we were just making it up to make fun of him for not knowing. <laughs> so I was 
everybody got that part because I said it's like he kind of mumbled over the words, but you know nobody could do better than him and Jagger to mumble over words. But yeah, so the notes he kind of mumbled over. I was waiting for that part, you know, and it did just some kind of a Tyler squeal, I think. But he goes, oh yeah, he never, he never believed us. He he really thought we were mocking him. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, Stephen, Stephen used to do every time they did um, um, the the big one. They had um, oh, uh, um, what's what's a big giant that they had out? The, um, come on, Dream Joe, on. come on, snap it out. Every time, every time they dream had, on? every time they did, yeah, Dream On. You know, in the middle part of it, it goes Dream On, Dream On, Dream On, Dream On. That real high part. Well, every every night his, his microphone would go out, <laughs> and he. He was just flipping the switch, you know, if like if they'd been singing a long time and he couldn't hit that note. He was just like he'd get to the first part, dream on, dream on, dream on, dream on then he hit the high one and his he'd go, What? And he'd start beating on his mic, This is not working he'd look over and cuss out the roadies and stuff. And then it would come back on magically right after that part was over. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, here I was thinking I was going to be going off the beaten path mess- um, mentioning Aerosmith, but it looks like it turned out okay. <laughs> oh, they're they're a great All bunch right. of guys, and um, they're still my idols. Yeah. I mean, they're just they're great. They got a great idea about what music is, and they sit down and they play, and they sound the same way each time they play, and they recognize that. And uh, that's you know that's the mark of a band. That's what you're trying to do by putting a couple musicians together and have them play and stay together for a little long time, you're trying to have an identity. And uh, they're just stayed up with it. I mean, they're, they're such great people and a great band. Yeah, for 50 years, 50 years strong. Unbelievable. I know. <laughs> well, hey, I'm telling you. I don't... I don't want to take up any more of your time, but I really appreciate you taking my call, as always, Madam Perry, and it was really great um, talking to you, Moses Mo. and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to do some more um, research on Mother's Finest. I'm going to have to go and uh, get myself a couple of CDs, and I'm going to have to indulge more because um, I was watching some video tonight before I called in, and you guys are just were so funky. Oh, great music. I really enjoyed it. Don't forget. Yeah, thank you, know, you very much. Moses 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 Band, the real cool band. I posted one of their videos and my husband reposted it. And so uh, follow Moses Mo and the Real Cool Band too because I'm gonna play a song of theirs in about two minutes. And Joe, you're always a welcome caller. And when you get ready to write the book on Mo, give me a holler. I won't know a lot, but just give me a holler anyway. Well, well I really appreciate you, both your time and I'm gonna keep listening to the show after I hang up. Um, you guys do a great job, and, and I really appreciate you letting Aww. me come on and talk for a few minutes. Yeah, you are, nice you are the best, care. Joe. Thank you. You're the best. You're wonderful. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. 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 And he's a great guy. Um, yeah. So uh, I want to play uh, I want to play the song I Love Love Ain't Going Nowhere. It's just such a good song. And so I'm going to stop just a moment and give you a chance to uh, get a glass of water or some coffee or whatever while I do a promo and play the song. And then we'll be right back, everybody, with Moses Bowe. We'll be right back. <laughs> All right. So, you know, I was telling you this month we've got this great sponsor. It's Daisy Bella. And Daisy Bella is a shop that makes women's T-shirts, hoodies, and bracelets. And, you know, we talked a lot about how 
there are so many mixed messages, bad messages, and uh, and especially women, we're always wondering, you know, do I look good? Am I too fat? Am I too skinny? Whatever. At Daisy Bella, they create and celebrate fun-spirited fashion that inspires confidence in women of all shapes and sizes with positive, uplifting messages and images. Like uh, some of the cute shirts, like the hoodies and T-shirts, the messages are... Um, and this is one of my favorite ones on the hoodies, is be your own kind of beautiful. Be you. Be kind. Uh, you are enough. And we all need to know that, yes, we are enough. Uh, we're not lacking. We can always learn things, but, no, we are enough. As well as, and this is one of my favorites on here, is one that's got a, um, it says, follow your dreams. And it's got a gal on a motorcycle, but she's driving away and looking back over her shoulder at you or at us. And it says, follow your dreams. And that's one of my favorites. Because I think we can always use more positive messages. Uh, here's another T-shirt that says, beautiful girl, you can do amazing things. And, yeah, we all can. But you know what else? for women in the clothes, they also put their money where their talk is. Uh, They are committed to paying that feeling forward in action. So every time you make a purchase from Daisy Bella, and the website is Daisy, D-A-I-S-Y hyphen Bella, B-E-L-L-A dot com. Every time you make a purchase there, part of the proceeds are donated to the Daisy Bella Women in Need program where they support local charities that help women and children rebuild their lives, organizations that provide safe housing, critical services, and programming for women and children, and have done so for three decades. And you can find all this information there. And I'll tell you one more thing. If you go to the website and you make a purchase from Daisy Bella, they've given me a special discount code to give to you. And it is thank you twenty. Just simply thank you T H A N K Y O U and the number twenty. Thank you twenty, and they'll give you a twenty percent discount. Just from Daisy Bella, and I will be sharing their website address and all their social media uh, contact info on all of my social medias as uh, Madam Perry. And it's Jennifer Perry. So if you're riding in the car or whatever and you can't write it down, you can just check on all my social media pages and find it. And now I promise it and I'm going to deliver. This is a song from Moses Moe and the Real Cool Band. Get out of your chair because love ain't going nowhere.
wasn't joking. I was I wasn't joking. I wasn't kidding. I told you it was a dance song. It was a groove song. And I am <laughs> Madam Perry here with musician Moses Bo. You know what? When uh occasionally when I'm working uh I work sometimes at, at Tyler Perry studio on this particular it's a court show. And so in between episodes you know, we have music, we have a DJ to get people up so the audience can dance so they won't fall asleep all day, you know, sitting there. 
And we got to slip this to the DJ there. We got to. Oh, please <laughs> we'll do. We'll have dance offs and stuff. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Jennifer. You know, you... This, this, this whole thing. I mean, what you're doing, your show. I have such respect for what you're doing because the way that the situation is these days, there's not a lot of stages for for new music to get onto. You really have to look for it. I mean, all the kids are here right now. They're walking around with their iPhone and a set of earplugs. <laughs> And uh, and and all they're hearing is the top forty. What you know? What uh, that's kind of a pay. That's a different kind of pay for play. That's where the managers are paying for their bands to be heard on the radio. Uh, it's it's payola. I mean, you know, they just gave it a different name. But that's the only thing you hear. It's the only thing you hear on uh, uh, you know popular radio these days. Uh, is is the bands that are that have paid for that position to get on there and. It, the internet has kind of stopped. Uh, instead of having places where bands can go and do an interview and play their music and stuff too, like on a Sunday night for original music or something, you know, they don't even really have mm-hmm. that any place anymore. You have to. There's people like you that are going out there and playing the stuff, and people are hearing it, and uh, and it's 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 so important that you just. You, I don't even think you know. It's 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 you just love to do it, and you're doing it because of love of it, and I appreciate that, and I love that. Uh, but it's so important to have that because without that, uh, it just wouldn't be heard. There's so many bands out there that have good new music, you know, and that's what we're supposed to be checking out. Not, you know, fall in love with the old music to love and being comfortable listening to that over and over again. It's the new stuff that's important. And and, and for you to give new bands a stage, I just uh, I just admire you so much, sweetheart. Well, thank you, thank you so much. Because yeah, and and as you know, yeah, I do love it. But as you as you well know, you can be doing what you love, and it can still be, you know, it still takes some work to get it out there to and uh, some work and some well, energy to get it done. So thank you, yeah. But, yeah, it's nothing but work. Well, but, you. you know, that, I mean, that's that's great though. I mean, the work is 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 what you're trying to do, you know. But it it it, it it's like uh, getting harder to connect. Uh, and, and when you do, when you do find a way that you can actually reach these people that are listening and are still interested in new music, uh, you know, I mean, that's that's a blessing, you know, because it's not used to take it for mm-hmm. granted, you know, like, oh yeah, we're going to do a television show, we're going to play our new stuff, we're going to talk about the new music, mm-hmm. and, and that. That almost doesn't exist anymore. It has to go to people like you that are that are creating a new niche. This internet is new for all of us, and we're all learning how to use it. Um, and and because yeah. of that, you know, and 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 what you're doing is uh, setting a standard and making a precedent for everybody else to follow. Oh, and uh, I thank so approve. You so much, you're so so good. Well, then let me do this. Then let me ask you this. Talk while the time we've got left. I want to know about the real cool band. Who's in it? I know you're getting ready to tour. I know I've already got some dates on my calendar that I can see you, uh, like uh, March 28th when you'll be, see, in Atlanta. Uh, but you tell me, yeah. So you tell me, tell me who's in the band. Tell me what what you're doing. That you're getting ready to go. Um, people can hear you. Yeah. Yeah, well, the name, the band, the real cool band. We were looking for a name, and uh, everybody was asking me, "What are you guys doing? What are you doing? You know, what are you doing with your solo stuff?" And I said, "Man, we got a real cool band." <laughs> I must have said that a, a hundred times to people asking. That's just what rolled off the tongue. Oh yeah, we got a real cool band, you know. And you know, we were looking for a name, and we were trying to do it. You know, what about 
the dirty dregs or uh, uh, this and then the other or something really heavy and mean. And, and he said, you know, well, let's call it the real cool band because that's what we told everybody it was so far. And uh, I just love that name because of that. But we have uh, right, well. um, my uh, my son-in-law raps, and I didn't even know that until he was here and had two babies and my grandchildren and and uh, and, and my daughter and uh, and I found out you know I knew that he rapped and I knew that he played some gigs around town, but I never knew how good he was. And he came over one day, and we just sat down and were you know playing some stuff, and he just started rapping. He could rap over anything. And he's he's such a lyricist too. The stuff that he writes is nothing like what rap is these days. You know, it's uh, it's storytelling. And I can write the lines of the song, which in poetry and writing you have to take the fewest you know words to say the most. Mm-hmm. And in rap, you mm-hmm. know, you're allowed to make that extravagance of uh, using a lot more words to explain your idea. You know, to make that 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 visual image. You know, and uh, that's what he does so well. And and what we do together is great because I'll try to explain the story in the verse and when he comes up with his rap verse he can use a thousand words and make it just so colorful and understand you know you understand and he brings the the story to the next level so uh, that's been nothing but a great situation my daughter she sings with us occasionally she's on that song Space Cadet on the drive-in album that's our newest album Uh, and she's got such a beautiful voice and that song is so cool um, that you know, we it's, it's friends, it's people that we have around here that I know. Poison Evie has been a friend. We've seen her for years, and she's always come by and, you know, let me shake a tambourine and you know and sing a little background <laughs> on your jam, you know. And every night we say, well, yeah, okay. And after a while, we just said, well, you want to be in the band? <laughs> and and so we think. That, that was a great story. And then Carrie, Carrie played with Mothers. He's our drummer. He played with Mothers for about four years, and we toured around. I've known him forever. He was on my first solo record, and um, uh, he's just he, he completes me because his voice is uh, the perfect harmony for everything that I sing too. So between the two of us, we've got a solid drummer, solid guitar playing, and two voices, and uh, and and we can the music can be strong all the time. You know, I really depend on him. He's such a good drummer too, and a great person. And then we got Mikey that's, Long that plays That's like Carrie Denton, right? Carrie Denton, yeah. Carrie Denton? Uh, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Also, also, you got a hello from Shed Jackson. You know, he's with WCLK, the first radio station that ever played me and where I performed oh, cool. live. So, um, yeah. So you got a hello from Shed Jackson at WCLK at Clark Atlanta University and also from musician Mike Lowry, whom you probably know. He said, very cool. Thanks for, uh, for sharing, for having uh, Moses on. So keep going. So, so Carrie Denton in the band, and uh, who else? Yeah, we have Carrie, Carrie Denton on drums, and then what completes it is uh, Mikey Long. Uh, he's our bass player, and we we found him. He was playing with uh, Van Temple from the Producers, uh, and, uh, yeah, and I know his Van. yeah, his band, and uh, you know they're such great singers too. So Mikey was already right there. He knew how to play strong bass. He has a great look on stage. He's been doing it. Uh, you know, just because he loves it forever, and uh, you know he's a, he has a great voice too. You know, so he was, and he's such a great, nice person. That's the whole thing about this. We wanted to get, you know, people in the band that we could stand to be together. You know, we wouldn't hate in a month. You know, 
and uh, it's it's worked out great. We have a great time. We come over, we have a rehearsal, and my, and my wife cooks a little bit of food, and everybody sits around and talks, and we have a great social visit, break away from the whole world for a few minutes. And we, uh, uh, you know, the bottom line is, is when we count the music off and the, and it starts to play, everybody is automatically they know what to do, and uh, that's that's beautiful. I love that in a band. You know, when people get together, it just gets better every time. You know, you do it. So we we have a great time playing. If you get a chance, come see us, which is going to be at the March twenty eighth, two thousand twenty, Smith's Hole Bar in Atlanta. We're going to be playing there yeah. with somebody I don't know. So come um, and see yeah, us. Yeah. And, uh, Whistle Bar the 28th in yep, Carrollton, Georgia Bar. on April 11th. Um, I missed you at Twisted Tavern at Sugar, uh, Sugar Hill. But for anyone else who wants you, say, well, you know, that's not where I live. Um, they want you to come to their town. Where do they find you? Just They can just go to your website, message you? Yeah, for now, just go to mosesmo.com. We're still trying to set up our really, you know, the original page, but there is a place. If you go to mosesmo.com, you will find the information there. You'll find out where we're playing, and, uh, you know, that'll be great. So just do that. Look around uh, Mosesmo. Yeah, that's about all we have. I mean, we're still working on we're trying to we're having a website built and we're trying to get official and, you know, to do it all and stuff too, but there's so many things you have to do, you know, we have to concentrate and make the music what we think is our interpretation of great. And then once we get that done, uh we have our team working on it to try to to get people to understand it through you know, through the internet. And now we're still trying, like I said before, we're still learning how to use the internet and uh it it's uh you know it's it's a bear to understand you know this stuff is all new to everybody you know and and you're figuring it does so much that you're trying to make it do one thing for you you know it really takes a lot of thought but i believe that the first thing you ought to do is is be a good band and uh you know then everything else will kind of follow you know you there's so many details so many things that you can't really understand as you go along so you have to let them slide, and you know you have to concentrate on what the important thing is, and that is being a good band, being able to play. And uh, we love it so much. We hope you please come out and see us. Well, I will. I know a lot of other people will, and I love all the messages I keep getting from people saying, um, uh, "You probably know Jules Perry. She was a pretty well-known photographer from uh, Creative Loping for a long mm-hmm. time, and uh, she said, great." to hear music, new music from your album. And uh, well, it's great to hear from you too, Jules. Uh, so, yeah, people are excited. They're telling me, and I know they're telling you. Uh, but if you want, Moses, if you don't want to come to Georgia, you can come to Georgia. But I know you want to see them in your town, so just go to the website, MosesMo.com. The website's still in progress, but you can get on there and let them know what you're thinking, how much you like the music. Oh, yes, Jules, I will. Uh, Jules said, please play some more of the new stuff if there's still time. So, uh, Moses Mo, if you don't mind. I'd love to hear a new song. Yeah. I think I would too. Jules, I've got one. 
I've got one loading up right now, Jules. I've got a song called uh, Rock Me. It is, it, is, it is loading up right now, and as soon as the song is processed, you better believe I'm going to play it. Moses Boat, thank you so very much. Now, you're going to be playing, still playing with Mother's Finest as well as the Real Cool Band? Yeah, Mother's Finest, we're uh, playing. Right now, Joyce, our singer, is um, in March. She goes out with uh, Alice Cooper. Uh, over in Europe, and she does like 30 dates with him, and she's going out and singing uh, Baby Love and a couple other songs, and then, you know, helping him along, jamming with his set. Uh, and as soon as that's over, oh, we go really? over. Yeah, yeah, so that's going to be great. I mean, she's loving that. It's out of her comfort zone, too, and she loves to challenge herself, so that's a great thing. Oh, that's and then, good. Uh, He's got Nita after that, we'll... on guitar. Uh, Nita Strauss, she's still playing guitar. Yeah. Hurricane yeah. Nita. Yeah. All right. It's going to be a great time, man. People are check it out, man. Look on your internet. Look on uh, Joyce's site and try to find out what's going on because in March, you know, she's gearing up for it now. And, uh, you know, she's always timid about that kind of stuff, too, because you have a safety zone. When you play in a band for 50 years, this is what you do, and you know right. what you're doing. There's no doubt about it. But then you go away and play with somebody like, especially Alice Cooper. You know, he's established and people know him and they know what to expect from him, too. So he's, in, you know, in effect, throwing a curve to his fans, too, you know, by bringing in people that, that he loves and, and, you know, to 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 work on with his show, you know. Uh, it's it's going to be a great thing. I just know it. So please check out what she's doing. Uh, we're doing that. Oh and then we'll gosh, be over yes. in We'll be touring, I think, August, September with uh, Mothers. And in um, October, November, I'm with a band called Carl Carlton and the Song Dogs. And we've, oh. uh, about about 10 Carl years Carlton? ago, we put out, yeah, uh, about 10 years ago, we put out two or three albums, I guess. And then uh, just recently, we got back together last year and we did a, a tour and it was just awesome. We had everybody in the band was great. We having um, Wizard, uh, the bass player from Others Finest, is playing. Me and him, and then Carl Carlton yeah. and Pascal Kravitz, and they both play with a band oh, called Peter Mahler in Europe, and he's That's been a superstar it. for the last thirty years. <laughs> Baby, if you 
It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.